The nail in the coffin may finally be here for remote work as companies like Zoom, Blue Origin, and even the White House order employees to come back to the office. Plus, Disney decides to raise streaming rates for Disney Plus and Hulu, despite most of their content being horrible. Those topics and more on this episode of Today in Tech. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Today in Tech. I'm Keith Shaw. The man behind those glowing screens is Chris. Hello, Chris. Hey, how's it going? Let's talk to let's talk about some news. Everybody back to work. Any doubts that companies have had about trying to get employees back into an office setting should be eliminated with the announcement by Zoom. Yes, Zoom announcing that they, quote, see value in staffers working with their teams in person and that they would begin requiring people who live near its offices to work on site two days a week. Quote. We believe that a structured hybrid approach, meaning employees that live near an office, need to be on site two days a week to interact with their teams, is most effective for Zoom, a spokeswoman said in a statement. Additionally, we will continue to hire the best talent regardless of location. All right. This was the company that invented or that benefited most from remote work during the pandemic. Would you agree with that? Oh, yeah. Their stocks went through the roof. Yeah. And so if Zoom... A company that's known for remote teleconferencing and video conferencing suddenly decides that they see value in hybrid work. Uh, they didn't. They didn't do a five day a week mandate. If they had done that, then it would be all. It would be game over, right? So at least they're jumping from remote to hybrid. They're at least asking two days or mandating two days. Right. Uh, there used to be this this well known phrase in the tech industry of companies that would pitch you their products. And one of the things they always said was, well, we eat our own dog food. And eventually it got so overused that people started changing because the thought of eating dog food is kind of gross. So they started using other phrases like, you know, we use the the equipment that we're trying to sell. And that makes sense. If you're a company and you're trying to pitch them a product, I hope that you're using the product for zoom. Now for them to come back and say, well, we want in-person meetings. I mean, that doesn't that's not a great look for Zoom, but it's also reflecting this this need for people to get back in the office. Yeah, I think I think people need to see each other. They need to socialize and interact. Um, but like, here's the thing I, I think with this uh, situation, there's going to be you're going to have two sides. You're going to have the people that don't want to return to work who don't like, to, you know, people who don't like to interact with one another and they just want to put their head down and and work. And then there's going to be the other side where, you know, people need to be able to be in physical meetings and interact with one another and kind of do that type of teamwork and stuff like that. So you're going to have both sides. So I, I definitely think there should be a middle don't you think there should be a middle? I think there's you always know? there was always going to be a middle. What was amazing to me was to see both sides forcefully trying to defend their own position. And it's almost like a political battle. It is. Where yeah. you have left versus right or right versus left. Where most either side of an argument will pull data that supports their argument. And so you and and they refuse to acknowledge the other side. Yeah, so but I now see that, that I, I see that being set up here as well. Stats come out about productivity in the office versus productivity out of the office. We've talked about this on the show dozens and dozens of times. We we're talking about how people were taking their breaks. Remember that? Remember that discussion? Right. Right. Yeah. But now there's there's data showing the opposite that now the uh, work from home is gonna is having a negative effect. Um. 
I, I I don't know if it's if it was this article or another one, but it's data showing the con. You know, yeah, the, yeah. The contrary. Every time I see data about this this phenomenon or the remote work versus hybrid work versus in office, I just have to decide what angle are they trying to sell me or what position are they taking because there's that old cliche by i think is it mark twain you know we can get i don't even know this is going to be horrible but you can basically manipulate statistics to whatever you know support whatever position you want right something like you know 105 percent of statistics are made up or I, i don't know what the phrase is i'll have to go look it up well it's statistics can be relative also relative to time yeah right so if you just show a certain part of your of your stats in a you know confined timeline it might look good but then if you put that against say the the last two years it might look horrible so it's yeah. how you frame it yeah. how you frame the data of course right? of course uh, i i still think man my my key position on this is the real reason is because companies are losing a lot of money in empty office spaces and it appears that they would be looked on as cold-hearted if they just came out and admitted it mm-hmm. to their employees that said, look, we want you back in the office because we're wasting a lot of time and spending a lot of money on empty offices and empty office furniture and all this stuff. And we've got this great office and we hate the fact that it's empty. But instead they go, oh, productivity and collaboration. And you get all of these softer skill type things. I'm still going to die on that hill, I think. I, I, still, th- yeah, I still think that is in large part uh, issue. Uh, I'll say, okay, maybe half of it is, yeah, it's the real estate. 75% is the real estate. 40% real estate. <laughs> 60% because I think companies are actually seeing a hit in their productivity. No, really. And w- w- is it this article or the next one? Oh, you're, you're not going to throw numbers at me, Chris? <laughs> no, I'm serious. Yeah. And not okay. only that, but the psychological, uh, sociological, right? I mean, we're going to talk about that in the next. Well, we're going to talk about another right? part, another aspect of the remote work, hybrid work thing. Yeah. But I wanted to get to jump to but, the federal government, which admitted. But hold, hold on one second. All right, real hold quick, on. Real okay, quick, go ahead. I, I just want to say, like, my standing on this issue is, I think, I think people should meet in the middle. Businesses and the employees meet in the middle. If they can't get everyone back in the office, then at least do okay. Three days have to be in the office. Mm-hmm. Monday and Friday off. Or, or four days in the office, and you have Friday off. Hey, mm-hmm. everybody, you well, don't not work Friday Fridays, off. You right? still can. No, you're still working Friday in theory. No, but it, I'm, I'm but going back to the four day, the four day, day work, work week. week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, you know, there should be some sort of compromise. I'm if if not fully back in the office. I'm surprised I got you to move because you. I think you were always on that five day five day back in the office. I mean, that would approach. be awesome. That know, would be awesome. I know you wouldn't mind it. If I it wouldn't was. mind it, yeah. Because again, it's it's it would be part of it, w- it would be part of my job to come here to work yeah. with other teams, right, yeah. and and other people, right. It's much. I find it harder to do remotely. Yes, that's but just that's me. That's the nature that's of me. your position too, where we've yeah. got this nice studio behind us, and I prefer this than we would. I would never be in favor of having a video with me at home over zoom with right, someone else because right. that just reminds you too much of a really bad zoom meeting mm-hmm. at least with this you it we have the appearance of it's more a, engaging like I'm, I'm talking to you yeah. right in front of me right it, it's it's more interactive i'm just happy that you're sort of moving back to the middle i will i was well, always a proponent of the hybrid work environment of the compromise i don't think you should have a five-day remote work 
approach. You, you do need to come into the office. It's just a matter of what day. In fact, well, I want to change my days that I'm coming into the office because Tuesday is now the busiest day of the commuting week. Yeah. I, it now takes me you know, a full hour to 90 minutes to get here from where I live. Right. And this week we had a lot of rain and that slowed me down even more. Right. I would rather cut if, if no one's going to be in the office on Monday and Wednesday, I should be like, I'll go in Monday, Wednesday. Right. Well, Monday, Friday, almost to, well, to, to sort of counteract that commuting nightmare. Right. Well, the reason why I've kind of eased up on the, on the five days is I don't know if it's like a coming down to earth kind of thing, but like how, how are you going to get people? How are we going to get people back into the office five days a week? How? I like realistically, well, how, how is that going to work out? You, you have to, either, yeah, you, you, you can't, you either entice them with either extra money or we'll pay for gas your money. gas money. <laughs> we'll pay for, or we'll, we'll have free lunches every day. Well, like the thing is we never we'll, used to do that. We'll bring, we'll we, like even have more candy in the candy dishes. We, we never used to do we'll that. Have massa- right? Let's see massages at, at 3 PM every afternoon. Wellness. We'll call it wellness. What's the <laughs> video I, I game, guess, ping pong tables, all that stuff in Silicon Valley that that you know the, the best. Oh, the wine, the wine bar. Remember the vending machine, the right, wine right. Uh, t- on tap. Yeah, let's just do that. Yeah, that'll get some people. Get them, get them all drunk before you send them home on the hey, hey, if they can implement in office daycare, come here five days a week. Seriously, come here five days a week. Five days a week, hands down. I I I have a, I have a daughter. I would come here, drop her off, go to work. Yeah. Then go to the gym, pick yeah. her up, go home. You're suffering through the the, the cost of daycare at the moment. Oh yeah, I'm, it's I'm, I'm I'm beyond that. I'm now looking at the cost of college. And that's <laughs> even more frightening, Chris. Let me tell you. Uh, I, this, the next issue is still the same. The federal government is now saying the quiet part out loud. Okay. So so. Uh, the the feds are now taking a tougher approach to work from home policies. Earlier this month, a government report found that billions of dollars were being wasted on barely used government offices. Do I do I have that article? There it is. Do no, we? I didn't. Oh, it's it's no. Oh, that's fine. It's fine. It's basically a picture of an empty office. If you want right. to look at it, but I mean, you know, thinking about like federal offices, you know, the the federal government's like uh, I would, I think. From their perspective, working from home, having all of your employees work from home, wouldn't that be kind of a security issue? Oh, I, I'm sure there you know was probably I mean? some security issues that were that were going on there. Uh, basically, th- this was the result of uh, Michael Bloomberg writing some sort of memo to someone as an op-ed, and he basically said, if, especially if you're a federal agency that has public-facing uh, duties, and if they were working at home, yeah. you were like, wait, you're paying all this money, and, and they're... And they're a monopoly on some certain services and you can't as a public member go and interact with government. Yeah. Because they're working at home. So the white house chief of staff, uh, his name is Jeff Zients wrote a memo memo to federal agency heads that they needed to bring government workers back into the office. Quote, this is a priority of the president and I'm looking to each of you to aggressively execute this shift in September and October. Let's not do it now. Let's wait till the summer's over. So I can only imagine the commute in September and October for a lot of people are about to go. It's going to get really bad for those people that are still commuting a lot. So 
uh, t- talking about this as well, there's a Computer World article. Bring this one up. This was another one written by our pal Lucas Marion, who covers this issue for Computer World. Uh, he's now, th- there was a Gardner report talking about that hybrid work is now entering the trough of disillusionment. Uh, for those that have followed the tech industry, Gartner is known for any type of technology that goes through a lot of hype. They go through this hype cycle, and that first curve up is that's all the hype, and then you get a part, you get to a part in the middle there where it's uh, peak, and then you see this 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 decline in interest of the technology, and they call that the trough of disillusionment. So, so, so this is a hype graph. This is a this hype is measuring graph. hype, and then eventually they say interest returns and you sort of then plateau out and of course then you're then then that becomes mainstream and part of everyday life or whatever or it dies completely yeah uh, like there it, there's not a guarantee that you're ever going to get acceptance i think the metaverse right now is probably at that bottom part of the trough of disillusion ne- negative 100 <laughs> yeah so this is for hybrid work and if you i don't know if you can zoom can you zoom in a little bit more so i can read some of these or i'll just go on mine uh uh-huh. A lot of the technologies that they're talking about here, I've never even heard of some of these things. These are all different, probably software tools or processes. Uh, Empl- you know, employee journey map. HR virtual assistants, influencer network, digital adoption platforms, smart hybrid office, empathy-based management. Uh, some of this, this, this gives me chills. Only because I'm not a f- fan of HR departments. You kind of need, a, you kinda need a employee dictionary. You need a conversion translator um, type thing to understand what the corporate speak on some of these things are. <laughs> virtually um, facilitated social connections. Employee well-being solutions. Virtually facilitated social connections. That sounds interesting. In, <laughs> indoor location for people tracking. I want to know what workforce nudge tech is. That's on the left. If you just Just go to the left a little bit. You see that thing with the yellow triangle right there? Yeah. Workforce nudge tech. Wow. That sounds interesting or horrible. Up on the top, radical flexibility. So within the story that Lucas was talking about, he did provide new data from the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, which showed that productivity has slumped slightly since the end of the COVID-19 pandemic emergency, which was declared earlier this year. Quote, over the previous 12 months, the number of employees working in a hybrid way has steadily increased while the number of employees who work only at home or only in the office has decreased. Hybrid work is now entering the trough of disillusionment for everyone. So... Um, in the meantime, Jeff Bezos, who runs Blue Origin, well, he's, you know, used to run Amazon, still is Amazon, uh, I think the chairman. The Blue Origin company, they are trying to build this, the spaceship tourist thing to go out into space. They might be doing some moon stuff too. Uh, they basically, there was a leaked email that demanded that workers return to their offices five days a week. Yeah. So... There's a lot of companies that aren't even willing to allow for hybrid work, which I think is amazing. Because, again, it, it does feel like that's what's going to come into the middle. I, I mean, look, if, if companies want to hire five days a week and, you know, you look, you're looking for a job and you find this, this company in there and you're like, well, I don't want to go in five days a week. Well, then look for a different company. I, I, also, wonder for a different if, job. I also wonder if people are realizing that maybe the great resignation that, that you know, that the coined phrase about people just trying to find new jobs yeah it's it's going back to normal it's going back to normal or or will this trigger a new wave of resignations for people vacation's over (laughs) summer's (laughs) over people 
<laughs> That's my Boston accent for you. All right. But then you see stories like this one, this next one that I want to talk about. And then if you're a boss or a company owner, you go, of course, this is why we want people back in the office. So uh, a major insurance company used keystroke technology on an employee's work laptop to test whether she was working her designated hours and it ended terribly for her. The Fair Work Commission, this is in Australia, has rejected an unfair dismissal application brought by former Insurance Australia Group consultant Susie Chico, finding she was fired for a, quote, valid reason of misconduct. According to the commission's published findings, Chico was responsible for creating insurance documents, meeting regulatory timelines, and, and this is my emphasis, monitoring work from home compliance, according uh, among other roles, she was subject to a detailed review of cyber activity, which analyzed the number of times she physically pressed her keyboard on 49 working days from last October to December. The review found she did not work her rostered hours for 44 days, started late on 47 days, finished early on 29 days and performed zero hours of work on four days. Uh, on the days that she did log in, she had, quote, very low keystroke activity and recorded zero strokes over 117 hours in October, 143 hours in November, and 60 hours in December. She averaged 54 strokes per hour over the duration of her surveillance, which showed she was not presented for work and performing work as required. Now, this story has taken a, uh, this story went viral. Apparently, this woman put this stuff out on TikTok as well. She's now claiming that she had some mental health issues. So you can't completely feel horrible for her in, in some ways, because then you're insensitive if you sort of make fun of her for that. Yeah. Um, she's now also, there was another follow-up story that says she probably can't get hired by anybody because she's now so famous for, for being the, the, the face of the person that wasn't working at home. Oh, she'll get hired easily. You think so? Probably. I don't know. This, this, there was a, hold on there. I don't, there was a quote in here. Oh, so when 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 she was having a discussion with her boss about all of this or whatever hearing it was, um, this was a quote that I think that you would enjoy. Quote, I mean, I may go to the shops from time to time, but that is not for the entire day. I need to take some time to consider this and I will put forward a response. Uh, and then she couldn't really recall why or how the number is that low. So is the bigger issue the fact that the company was deploying this type of technology to monitor employees. Cause it, it does feel that you're completely not trusting any of your employees if you're doing this. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's a little bit of both. It's a little bit of both. I mean, I, that's kind of freaky, you know, to have the uh, application watch your keystrokes granted. Yeah. It's all, um, it's vague. The data is vague. You know, there's no identifiers with keystrokes. All it, all it's getting is you're pressing a button, right? Yeah. I mean, maybe it's pulling which letter on the keyboard you're pressing, but there's no identifiable data f coming from it, I think. Just my two cents. But um, yeah, it's kind of freaky. Yeah. It's kind of freaky. But For uh, example, it, okay. you, and I, you and I are doing this podcast right now. Yeah. And I'm not clicking any of my keyboard. Right. Doing uh, I'm pressing buttons on a controller right now. I'm, I'm <laughs> using a mouse to scroll. I'm clicking on some things to, to get to the next story. But for the most part, out of this 45-minute show, it's, if, if there was someone monitoring me right now, they would it would show no activity. Yeah. But you and I both agree that we're working. Right. So there, a defense can be, hey, I was doing something that didn't require a lot of keystrokes. Right. I don't think that this is the case in this. 
I think she probably got caught doing, you know, not being around. Right. But what's interesting is that this is not the only company that has this type of software. And the reason I know this is because there's a sub industry of devices out there to try to fool the software. If you go to the next, the next slide, this is the Amazon. If you go to Amazon right now and click on the term, I think it's mouse. What is it? Mouse jiggler? No, undetectable mouse mover device. Mouse mover device undetectable, which comes up in my, in, in when you're just typing mouse mover, it comes up. Uh, 11, you know, $24, $10, $30, $17. 11,000 views. I mean, 11,000 uh, likes, whatever, buyers. I, and, and this is a USB device you can plug into your computer and it'll simulate a mouse movement, so the cursor movement, to indicate that you're working when you're not really supposed to, when you're not really working. I love that they call these mouse jigglers. Yeah. Um, and that's now going to become a term. I also feel that if you're spending the time and the money to get a device to pretend that you're working, that you might have bigger issues and you might want to start looking for a job time for a new job where you don't have to use this. I mean, that should be, that should be a trigger, right? Yeah. If I'm like, I hate my job. They've got this software that's monitoring me. I want to take a nap while I'm working at home. Yeah. Let me, let me go spend $30. Right. On a mouse jiggler. I just don't like the idea of being monitored like that. Try, right. Like, I, 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 okay, well, here's the thing. I can see... Well, so here's the thing. With with our job, right, we, we're doing video. We do podcasts, right? We'll among sp- other things. Among other things, right. But for the most part, we'll spend an hour, hour and a half a day doing this, talking here, creating content for the channel. After that, it's more like housekeeping stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not that much. It's not that much. But we are, in fact, working... Um, it's just the grunt of our work is this, the actual recording of this. Yeah. So like, I would say like if you're in like a financial institution or something, if you're covering the stock market, right? If you're like a, some sort of compliance advisor, right? Or maybe you're in a law firm, they might want to track your activity when you're working remote because the business that you're dealing is very sensitive. You know what I'm saying? So I can understand it, but also at the same time, not like it. I think <laughs> that this was put, at least in this one case, this was put in probably because a manager suspected right. that someone was not doing their work and they, they figured out, well, we'll, we'll install this but on her you, system if, to see if, and then have proof before they fired her. But if you're suspecting someone, okay, if you're a manager and you're suspecting someone's maybe, you know, like performing poorly, right? Wouldn't the ideal thing to do would be to meet with that person in person and yeah. talk about it one on one and see if there's ways that they could help instead of well, snoo- it, inst- instead of snooping on keystrokes yeah. and then oh you're fired. I, I think that the point of you know, of them installing it was probably after they went through these other steps. Uh, yeah, but, you're but, right. But, you're but right. there's a lot of companies right. that that do these things called uh, what was it personal information plan or. Uh, performance, uh, they call them pips. Right. Pers- well, if you get to that point, then you know at that point you're going to get fired yeah. down the line because they're, they're just starting to collect data so that they can justify firing you. Yeah, actually, you're right. Let me walk that back. Yeah. There was a, a section in there where she already got met with by her manager yeah. and got put under like some sort of warning, basically yeah. a warning. So what that's I don't, right. What I that's don't right. know in this case, in this particular case was whether they told the employee that they were going to put the software on. 
I would be really annoyed as an employee if I found out that a company was monitoring me without my knowledge. Right. Then it does feel like an invasion of privacy. Like, what if they actually turned on your your webcam yeah, yeah. during you know work off hours. hours work hours just to see if you were in front of the the screen doing what you're supposed to be doing? I mean, maybe that's why they resorted to just keystrokes. I do. I, I just I just want to say for the record, I do wear clothes when I'm working at home. Right. But I have I have heard many many stories of people that would that work in their pajamas or work you know without sort of dressing up i don't dress up i still have a t-shirt and shorts when i'm at home it's the summer or my hoodies yeah and but i've heard stories of people that forget that they are wearing that and then they get on a zoom call it's yeah. like oh man <laughs> but but look look i i, I can understand but, but if they did that but if they did that and were monitoring me without my knowledge that's that's a little yeah. untrustworthy I, I understand it but at the same time i don't like it yeah Two things can be true. Yes, yeah, two things can be true at the same time. Uh, okay, so I hope that this lady finds a job, and um, and that she's learned if if she really was, you know, not working, that she knows that she should probably work more. Yeah. So, and on, and on, at the same time, companies should make sure that they don't. I don't even know if they should use this as a last resort. No, but that that that's just the argument to get people back into the office, right? If you have to resort to using <laughs> strokes, well, yeah. wouldn't it be easier to just have everybody in the office? Then you can, you know, Th- just you walk just, by. Yes, you can watch to see if they're working. <laughs> hey, uh, what you doing? <laughs> Are you working? Okay, cool. You know, just do that. You know, and, it's like, and then it's like that's that, all you got to do. It's like that scene in Office Space where the boss comes and goes, "Hey, what are you doing? How's it going? Can you work on the weekend?" Right. <laughs> and we're back into that that situation. All right. One thing that this woman doesn't have to worry about is the fact that uh, there's now AI that can steal your data by listening to your keystrokes, and it's got ninety five percent accuracy. All right. A team from several British universities has trained an AI to accurately predict your key inputs via a microphone. This means anything that you type on a keyboard, including passwords, private messages, company secrets, even potentially classified material could be leaked to a third party. The deep learning model is able to train itself by recording the minute differences in various keystrokes. The waveforms of the sounds each key produces are then used to predict what is being typed with very, very scary accuracy. The researchers used a MacBook Pro for typing while recording audio from a nearby iPhone and perhaps most disturbingly via a Zoom call. So it's not just your own security that you need to be responsible for. You'll need everyone else on your call to be conscious of it as well. I can't, it was interesting that each keystroke, I think they did the keys zero to nine and they did the letters. So they did not, I think part of the difficulties were the shift key and uh, probably some of the other specialty keys that are around the keyboard. They did this really just, so each key apparently makes a different acoustic sound. You probably can't hear it. Yeah. It sounds the same to the human ear, but when you uh, have a, when you you know use algorithms and whatever waveforms that happen every time you press a key, they did find some very very small details, and then they could figure out what people were typing. Very scary that it was this accurate. And so when I was reading the research paper about it, what I was more interested in was some of the solutions. So one of the questions I had when I was reading this: Well, I'm a touch typist versus there's a lot of people that just sort of do the hunt and peck. 
mm-hmm. style. And touch typing, keystroke recognition uh, was reduced from 64% to 40%. So good for me for learning how to touch type. I'm, I'm very happy that I did that. Um, but it still might not be high enough accuracy to account for complex input featuring the shift key, backspace, and other non-alphanumeric keys. Additionally, a change in typing style may be implemented alongside mitigation techniques presented in other papers that does not require any software or hardware components. So to battle against this, like, like let's say that this attack gets developed into something that either spies or someone else might be interested in. Uh, the first thing I thought was, well, start using randomized passwords featuring multiple cases, because if it can't detect the shift key, then it wouldn't tell if you're doing a capital A or a small A. Um, other ones, other things that they were talking about was countermeasures, uh, that included adding additional sounds, playing sounds over a speaker near the broadcasting microphone and mixing sounds into the transmitted audio locally. So putting like white noise or music or other types, types of things. The best thing was to do was actually create fake keystrokes. So instead of listening to music or white noise, when you're typing, just add sounds of other typing. Hmm. or other keystrokes and then the system can't tell whether the, it's a fake keystroke or or it's almost like adding gibberish to your password it's almost like encrypting it uh, i just figured i was going to just do this when i was typing la 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 you can't hear me i'm typing and it's the secret password so maybe that's what we have to do when we're typing in a password now is just to to blab on like an idiot so um i'll remember that yes the fake keystrokes, I think, were more effective than the white noise because apparently there are white noise removal algorithms. Who knew? Again, artificial intelligence is getting more and more dangerous. And as, as researchers continue to find ways to just be evil, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You got no comments on that? I mean, regulate AI. <laughs> But the bad guys don't need to be regulated. I, you know, I know, I know. The bad guys yeah, don't bad care guys if you're will, regulating it. We'll get their hands on AI no matter what. Right. But, you know. All right. I, you know. Two more stories I want to talk about. Okay. All right. Uh, this, is, this is relatively new. For the second time in about a year, Disney has announced major price increases to its streaming products, raising the cost of the ad-free versions of Disney Plus and Hulu by more than 20% each. The price increases and pledge to address account sharing come as the company earlier Wednesday said its streaming business lost far less money in the latest quarter than it did in previous periods, but reported that Disney Plus streaming service lost domestic subscribers for the second quarter in a row. Uh, The company also raised prices on its Hulu Live television package and announced the launch of a new bundle. Um, basically the price is going up for everything. Uh, Disney plus when it launched cost six ninety nine a month. And now it's going to be thirteen ninety nine a month. And the ad free Hulu service will rise from $18 to $18 from $14.99. So it's now going to be the most expensive option. Uh, even when compared to Netflix or the max, which used to be HBO max. Meanwhile, their content stinks. Like, well, they're not wrong when Bob Iger says um, they are new. <laughs> they're new to the streaming scene. Yeah, basically, because yeah, I mean, you go on Disney, and there's kind of nothing there other than the classics, you know. Yeah, and even when Disney Plus came out, 
I was again my kids were of a certain age they're they're now teenagers but when it came out they were still into some of the Disney programming it wasn't necessarily all of the Disney movies it was the fact that they had Marvel and the fact that they had Star Wars and then they had the Simpsons those were the three big IP brands for for me and my family and since then um, Marvel has gone down the tubes for a lot of their content I still have it's not seen garbage. the last two TV series. I have not watched at all. Secret Invasion, I didn't watch at all. Same here. I didn't watch Miss Marvel at all. I yeah. think the last one I may have watched was She-Hulk, and that was panned. Uh, I didn't... When the movies come out and onto the platform, so I did watch Quantum Mania and did not like it. It was a letdown. It was a letdown. Uh, the Star Wars stuff never finished season three of The Mandalorian. There's a lot of content that I could be watching that I just don't have the energy or the time or... And, and I was going... I'm probably going to cancel it now. If they're going to raise the price on me, I'm like, I'm going to cancel it. I did ask my, my family what streaming services I need to cancel and I had a little poll and they all picked different things. <laughs> it was annoying. Yeah, we, um, so I, I'm just going to drop it and then if something does come on the platform that right. I want to watch, I'll resubscribe and then I'll, and then I'll, I'll just be of that, of that I'm going to watch it for a month and then I'm going to cancel and then just do it that way because all of these companies are moving back. They want that bundle cable service approach where they can charge you more money and not have to provide as much content. I would be totally fine with the increase if if, if they were putting quality content, quality original content, especially when they have IPs like that, Star Wars, Marvel, Disney, and what are you putting out? Garbage. Yeah, and Garbage. and again, there's it's not like there's other alternatives. I can go back and and go to my DVD cabinet and grab all the DVDs that I was buying all along. Luckily, I saved all of them. I feel bad for the people that took their DVDs and like, well, it's all on streaming. So, you know, don't get locked into any service. Don't get locked into any kind of thing. Yeah. If you can't, you know. I, I mean, we already, I think we had Hulu. We have, we had Disney, uh, we had Hulu, Disney, HBO Max, Netflix, Apple TV, if I haven't mentioned already. We already got rid of Hulu, Apple and I think all we have left is HBO, Netflix, and Amazon because yeah, we, never, have, we have. I'm never Amazon. getting rid of Amazon. No. I've, I've discussed this on the show. I can't. My wife likes the free shipping, especially when the holidays are about to come up. And that's how she does most of her online shopping now. Is, right. And so in her mind, she's getting a benefit, even though the cost is passed along in some other ways. It's 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 weird because uh, so we have yeah yeah so we have Amazon Disney Plus Netflix I think and then oh a Peacock because it's got wrestling for my son right so speaking of Peacock I just want to throw another thing out there I the Super Mario Brothers movie uh, is now streaming on Peacock I did not see it when it came out in the theaters I think it was in March or February this year mm-hmm. and you saw that it made like a billion dollars really quickly right yeah. Did you see the movie? No. It is horrible. Is it? It is awful. Cause I, I, I wasted 90 minutes of my life last night watching that. The, we're, we're talking about the Mario movie. The Super Mario, Super Mario Brothers movie. movies, the one with Chris Pratt doing Mario, and all of the... And, 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 and I went on to IMDb and was like, I'm reading these reviews. They're like, oh, this is great. Ten, and I think it was a lot of older people that remembered the horrible movie from the 80s, and they were just happy that it wasn't that. Oh, yeah. I remember that one. But... The, the writing in this 
was lazy. The dialogue was horrible. It was almost like I could predict yeah. what the next line was going to be because it was so cliched and generic and just well, even this voice acting was uninspired. Yeah. Oh, I, I was getting mad watching the movie. Like that's how bad. And, and again, I get, I'm not a big, big Nintendo guy. Mm-hmm. I do. I've played the games. I love Mario Kart. I, I, I'm not good at it anymore, but yeah. I, I get a lot of the references, but most of the movie felt like we're doing fan service to, Hey, here's our little Easter egg for the Mike Tyson punch out game. And here's a little, Oh look, Mario's jumping around like the video game, which had nothing to do with the plot. And it, the plot was basic. Oh, the thing that really got to me was that I, I started tracking how many times in the movie they said Mamma Mia. <laughs> and it was at least five times. Yeah, I mean, this this I feel like this is a topic for a whole other <laughs> episode because... In terms I mean, of the decline of Hollywood content? Yeah, you're not, yeah. You're, you're not wrong. It's a lot of the movies and TV shows are just garbage coming out. The last movie I saw in the theaters that was amazing... And I sat through the whole thing. Barbie, right? Oppenheimer. Oh. Barbie? No. No, 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 no. Oppenheimer. That was an experience. And that's the thing. There's no more experiences. Movies used to be an experience. Yeah. Now it's just, you know, copy, paste, copy, paste, bland writing. I, I, I understand the Writers Guild is on a strike, but at the same time, I'm like, well, if you write better content, or if you write better scripts and screenplays maybe you know you wouldn't be in the situation but like uh it's i don't want to get into it it's i know i i I, i've pushed a hot button for you yeah because we talk about this in between our few moments of when we're actually working during our was it our work breaks we talk about film or when we go to lunch together we have we have film and content hollywood discussions right uh i just can't believe how bad that movie was (sighs) all right let's talk about our final topic which was, we've covered this on the show as well in terms of the electric vehicle m- movement and the push to try to get people to, to buy EVs. Uh, there was a story in the, the U.S. version of the British Sun newspaper website. Um, I didn't, I, I'm not a big fan of, of, this, of this website, but this shows you that um, there was some research that says 20% of drivers who buy electric vehicles are returning to gas-powered cars. And this was based on research from people at the University of California, Davis. They discovered more than 4,000 households who, who own or previously owned EVs in California. They ended up going back to gas and diesel cars. Uh, the study looked for reasons for the switch and found some obvious ones. Basically, they said, quote, we show that discontinuance is related to dissatisfaction with the convenience of charging. Uh, other issues were increased energy household consumption for those who charge their vehicles at their homes. Uh, apparently more female EV owners are returning their vehicles more than, more than men and companies are households that have multiple vehicles in their home. So multi-home or multi-vehicle homes. Right. So they're finding that the EV is not the primary vehicle in the house because things we've talked about with long road trips and things like that, like they can't, you can't have one vehicle so they use the EV for, for commuting, but they were finding dissatisfaction. But the, it was the first two. It was the first two issues that we've been talking about. The availability and the convenience of charging, which there's not, 
unless you own a Tesla. Well, again, that's in the, that's in the headline there. Yeah. Yeah. But I also think again, what, like what, what would the effect be on cost when you're charging from home? Right. They, they also found that it it costs. Yeah. They, they make it fine. They make it seem like when you're recharging your vehicle at home, that it's free. It's not going to cost anything. And then it won't cost anything, but that's not true. Yeah. You have to pay for electricity, whether it's powering your toaster or whether it's powering your, your Tesla or your EV. And you found you found a, a YouTube video, right? That that talked about how much power these things are, are drawing. Right. Well, so so, so set this up for yeah, us. Yeah, let me break that down. So I mean, everybody follows Marky e. Brownlee, yep. uh, Marcus Brownlee, however you say his name, um, MKBHD, and uh, recently he had the Tesla um, shingles, solar panel shingles installed uh-huh. on his house. I always thought that's a that's actually it's a great idea. That's a great idea. So to using asphalt shingles, just make them little little solar plant, little solar panels. So he had them installed, and and when you get this installed on on your house, you also get the uh, monitoring app. You can monitor your uh, input from the sun. You know the, the, how much how much energy, energy you're, you're drawing from the sun in. Yep, and how much energy you're using. And so he broke this down. I don't have audio on it, but you you'll kind of see. He kind of breaks down like you know a light bulb is you know. This many watts, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. microwave is this many watts, and, and and so on and so on. So, this is what he found. OLED TV, hundred watts. Yep. Um, computer, three hundred, five hundred, totally. That's easily. I mean, mine's probably like eight hundred watts. Yeah, gaming gaming ones are probably right. high as well. Running a GPU, yep. microwave, thousand watts. Yeah. Okay. Toaster. Yep. You're heating a metal element. Yep. It's gonna. But he found other ones. Um, the two biggest ones were HVAC, 5,000 watts. Yep, so your AC unit. So hold on, let me, let me pause right here. So right now, um, in our household, that is probably the biggest electrical power draw is our HVAC unit. Yep. My house, probably your house too, when you run your ACs. I have, I have in, in window ACs. We don't have central air. Yeah. So I'm probably drawing a lot. I don't know. I don't, maybe, if, maybe if I it, found out how much I was, I'd probably be really depressed. But at any given moment, we've got probably three to four air conditioners running. Right. So maybe a thousand, maybe a thousand. I don't know. I'm not an electrician. Yeah, I don't, I'm not, I'm not into that stuff, but yeah. anyways, he continues HVAC unit, 5,000 watts. car charger, car charger, 12,000. Wow. 12,000. Yeah. 12,000. That's insane. And so the, the the most ways to make that economical for most people would be to have you sol- ha- have the solar panels. You have to have because then you're at least panels. getting free energy from the sun, in theory, right? Right. But the cost to install this is pretty big for this guy. Like, how much was the solar panels? Did they how much did they cost? So in total, it was. Hold on, let me let me let me find it real quick. I I can pull it up. I believe it was one hundred twenty thousand. Oh, yeah, here we go. Hold on, I got an ad going. <laughs> three seconds. We'll be with you in three seconds. Um, Discuss this amongst yourselves. Yeah, look at that. There you go. 120,000. Solar roof plus the power wall. Okay. Granted, he has a pretty big roof. I mean, he's he's got a big house. Those YouTubers, man. $120,000. Federal tax credit, 28000 Mm-hmm. So you're ninety thousand something. I mean, when you're when you're in that range, the twenty eight thousand is not that big of a deal. 
<laughs> when you're spending a hundred plus thousand. Well, he's probably fine. I don't think he wrote a check. He probably financed. Yeah, it whatever. A okay, bit. net net cost ninety two. Okay, so yeah. ninety two, a hundred k. And that wow. used to be the cost of a house forty years ago in some areas. Back in the day. Back in the day when you walked to school uphill both ways. Jeez. I, I see. I've and, tried, and, and, and that's the know, thing is, I, I don't think people are realizing. Like, yeah, when you plug it in at home, it's not going to be when free. When we bought our house, your I don't electricity think, bill is going to go up. Yeah, and then the the cost of electricity electricity is going to go up because now you're pulling three times as much on the electrical grid. And the more people that then start doing this, uh, the rates will go up even higher. Wait, we for, want we want everybody to drive EVs. Oh yeah, there's a big push. You haven't heard? There's a big push. So for it's twelve thousand watts per house. Yep. given. Yep. Base point. Yep. Forget the toaster, the yep. microwave, your TV, yep. your five hundred watt computer. Yep. Twelve thousand starting out every house. How? Yep. And and let's let's I I, I don't want to get political. <laughs> Most of the infrastructure grid that's pulling power for your home is still based on fossil fuels and coal yeah. and oil and there's well, you know and there's not a lot of discussion about going nuclear, which they should be talking about. But you know you don't want to yeah. you don't want to get political about it. Right. But the fact is that these costs are going to go up as usage goes up. And how are you going to get the energy? I I still think that people think that energy is free. The solar panels are good for that house. Good for him that he was getting what? 29,000 kilowatts. I think so. Yeah. For, but there are homes, my home, when I bought my home, I wasn't thinking at all about solar. So when we had people come in and look at it, they were like, well, we could, you could probably get about 50, 50% of what you should be getting because the house, isn't aligned in the right direction or i'd have to cut down a bunch of trees to try to get to that point most of the solar panels if you are facing in a southwest direction from where i live it's that's where you're going to get a benefit so i tie into a solar farm so i am sort of getting a discount but i don't know i it's i I think this is a continuation of of the i i bought a, a house that is old and it doesn't have electricity, so we've stopped vacuuming in that one side of the house. <laughs> yeah. But again, I found it interesting from that article that, that people are giving up their EVs for the reasons that we've talked about on this show. I'm right. not trying... I don't want to make it appear that I'm anti-EV, because I'm, I'm not. I, I mean, hey, if, they, if I, they can... I think a structured hybrid approach is probably the best step rather than going in one direction or the other. And this brings us back to hybrid work. Yeah, and that's a that's a whole other discussion. Yeah. But I do think, yeah, I'm, okay, I'm for EVs in certain applications, in certain applications. But if anything, if if we want to think more about EVs, we'll think about the grid. Yeah. You, you got to start at the bottom. And I, I think there still is the challenge of, well, how do you put solar farm? You got to build solar farms. Where are we going to have the space to do that? You know, I think there, there's situations well you start there's issues you need they they still need to figure out you start to see in in areas around massachusetts where we live there's a solar farm on the one of those interchanges in framingham you see patches of land near highways that aren't being used for anything else and so you start seeing solar farms there uh there's one there's a solar farm across the street from from my little neighborhood it's on a hill it's got a lot of coverage. They had to cut down a lot of trees to get to it and create it. 
but it was areas that they were never going to develop homes on because it's so rocky underneath. Yeah. So you would have to ex- excavate way too much more to make it worthwhile for a house, but you can pop a solar farm on there and get some sunlight there. So anyway, I think that we're a little far beyond our, our initial way, way technology discussion. All right. Thanks. Thanks for checking in with us on the news, uh, Chris. Yeah, no problem. That's all the time we have for today's episode. Make sure to like the video, subscribe to our channel, add any thoughts that you have below in the comments. Join us every week for new episodes of Today in Tech. I'm Keith Shaw. Thanks for watching.